Welcome to The Finer Things. I'm Lisa, and this is Wes, and we are podcasting from the Members Only Lounge at the Cigar Lodge in Akron, Ohio, and today's topic is the mentor-mentee relationship. Awesome. I have the H. Upman, 1844 from Nicaragua. Let me see that. That's a pretty label. It's got a uh, blue label. It's almost like a Tiffany blue label. It's uh, A.J. Fernandez is the rapper as well, but it's got the Tiffany blue uh, label. Just uh, lit, had a nice little pop, and it is very nice. So what do you got over there? I got the Monte Cristo Nicaragua series. It's it's a dark medium wrapper, but it tastes really intensely dark. I have, pa- I have paired mine with the Macallan 18-year single yum, malt. Yum. <laughs> and the 18-year single malt from Macallan. Is uh, it's like maple syrup. It's delicious. It's about the color of it. Uh, I really enjoy Macallan, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'll be biased because I enjoy it. I'm sure Lisa will be honest. But what do you what do you have over there? I did not do a scotch today. Whoa! I, went, I know I'm changing Ch- it up. Changing the script. Flip the script. Um, I have a lovely bourbon, a Woodford Reserve. There was an event here at the Cigar Lodge, not too terribly long ago, and you could get an etched bottle with more or less whatever you want it to say on there, so I got my name, engraved in a bottle of Woodford Reserve. Awesome, yeah, and that's one of the member benefits here at the Cigar Lodge, is when they do events, and uh, Lisa got a bottle with her name on it, etched and engraved, and how's that taste? Delightful. Delightful, even though she's got her name on it. So, the mentor-mentee relationship. So, Lisa is one of my attorney mentees. I am her mentor. I also have a mentor, so I'm a mentee to somebody. So we've got to talk about what, why you should have a mentor or why you should mentor and what you want to get out of that relationship and, you know, kind of the fundamental principles of it and everything else yeah. like that. So, and this will go for every profession because in any profession that you have or trade or skill, mm-hmm. you've got to have a mentor. Sure. Is that a fair statement? I think it's a very fair statement. You have to find others that they know more about the topic than you do and learn what you can from them. And, I mean, step one is you both have to be receptive to the process. If you get somebody that they know a ton, but they're not willing to share that information, and I have had that happen. I can think of a circumstance off the top of my head. Um, It was another attorney, and they essentially told me they would not be assisting me because we fish in the same pond. Okay, fair enough. Perfectly fine. Yeah, you can find it. So the first thing here is uh, you first have to make the decision, yeah, I want to I get a mentor. Yeah. And that's the big decision right there because you're admitting, you know, I don't know everything and you don't know the intricacies of everything um, or, you know, at, at intricate girl as Lisa is. On Instagram. On Instagram. You've got to make sure that it serves a purpose. I mean, that's the first thing. And you've got to understand what that purpose is. I mean, at least with, at least using, and we'll use Lisa and I in his example. But apply it to your own circumstances. But the principles are are for everybody. I mean, it really is. So Lisa needed help in certain areas of the law. I know most of those areas of the law. Am I perfect at it? No. But do I know more than she does? Yes. Well, And, and... That's when I was just starting out, and I want to say right off the bat, Wes said that it's a decision, and sometimes it's not necessarily a conscious decision. I think when I first approached him, it was, 
hey, I got this this issue going on. It was just one thing. Oh, I need help with this one thing. And it evolved since then into more, no, wait, I actually do need help. And he knows what he's talking about, so I guess I better shut up and pay attention. And, that, and that's the end of the podcast, folks. So thanks for <laughs> thanks for listening. No, no. And and so and again, I have other attorney mentors that I, I use that mm-hmm. I because I'll have because the issues that I'm facing now are uh, to use an analogy, you know, for the chess game. I mean, these are it's like 3D chess at this point because yeah. I'm I'm trying to move pieces around the world here to get for a client to uh, you know and, and talking to other people who have done that. To say, okay, how do I move the entire system to work better? And that and that takes a lot more sure. effort than it does for like a single case. So, uh, Lisa and I met when she was in law school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a guest speaker at uh, one of her classes, and I, I forget what it was. Uh, was it how to run a law firm? I, don't, I forget. Yeah, essentially. It, I, that was that's not the exact title of the class, but, but that was the gist of the class. That's kind of the gist of it. And I, you know, I'm a solo, so I, you know, have a few thoughts on that. And I knew that I. Did not exactly want to work for anyone else. I wanted to be my own boss and do what I wanted to do. So solo was kind of the route I was always going to go, even when I tried to fight it. And it's okay. It's okay to fight what you're innately being drifted towards. But, you know, just like most careers, there's a sorting process. You know, you're first learning what the, the job is, and then you kind of sort yourself either naturally or unnaturally, because somebody will be like, listen, you are not going to do well here. Yeah. But you are going to do well here, and you've got to be able to say, okay, not you have to be able to take that information constructively instead of saying, hey, go pound salt. Yeah. Um, but I, I went to class, I went to this class, and one of the things that I said to Lisa, which, I, which is kind of why we're here in the finer thing, is I, I said, I smoke cigars and I drink scotch, and that's why I practice law. And I'm like, I want to know this, dude. <laughs> so... Uh, we, we had a lunch, uh, in, you know, and I, I said, you know, good luck on your exams. Focus on passing the bar. I mean, because that's really what law school is. You want to, yeah. you're in any trade, you need to focus on getting to the place where you can then apply the trade. If you're a journeyman and you want to become uh, a veteran, you know, or if you're an apprentice and you want to become a journeyman in a trade, you've got to put in the hours and time. And there's a maturation process that is in any profession. Sure. And Lisa's not was a non-traditional student, which means that she did not go straight from college to law school. And I was a non-traditional Far from student, it. and that's okay too. There's a bunch of them that do that. Do that. Oh yeah. So we had lunch, and then we didn't see each other for a while. Like maybe maybe as much as two years. It was it, a while. It was a while because it takes a while to study for the bar to pass. Yeah. So. You know, eventually we ran into each other at a bar Christmas party. Yeah, one of the Akron Bar functions. Because so we're both members of the Akron Bar Association uh, or another trade. So, like, if you'd run into somebody at the Union Hall. And he started introducing himself. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know you. You took me to lunch and told me, do this, do this, do this. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. And so we ran into each other a couple of weeks after that. And I'm like, all right, done. When are we smoking a cigar together? And there we are. We had a cigar, and we had a nice conversation. We had a cigar, and I think I had—I was brand spanking new lawyer at that Freshly time. Freshly minted. And I said, hey, I got a question. I got this case, and there's this thing going on, and I don't know what to do with that thing. 
and I'm phrasing it like this, not just to keep it vague, which I have to do for confidentiality reasons, but I truly don't remember what the thing was at this point. Because it was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> so. And, you know, he was like, oh, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. If you want me to show up, I will. He did. And so having someone show up, and, you know, we've talked about this before, having someone show up and kind of guide you through the process and say, look, I got you. You can't fail in this. Right. And, and that's, you know, and, that, and that's, that's very, very important. So the mentor mentee relationship, it's voluntary too. I mean, no, it's, it's a completely voluntary process. Oh yeah. You don't, nobody requires you to do it. The Supreme court of the state of Ohio does not require attorneys to have a mentor. Now you can sign up for a mentoring program Must do. and get credit for it because we have certain continuing education requirements that you have to take. And as part of the, the carrot, if you will, for being in this mm-hmm. program, you get a lot of those credits. Well, so. you have to have a certain number of credits after you become a new attorney, after you just get licensed. You can take classes. You can do it that path. And, you know, they're more than happy to do the classes. But most people sign up with a mentor, and that person guides them through the process. It's sometimes successful, and then it's sometimes not, and sometimes it's somewhere in the middle. I got along fantastically with my official mentor that was assigned by the Supreme Court of Ohio. But professionally, she wasn't much help to me just strictly because she was in-house counsel. That means she's an attorney for a company. They do very specific work and it was not at all the kind of lawyering that I do. I mean, vastly, vastly different. And so, you know, we got along great. Was she much of a help? She satisfied the credits, and she was a good person, and she told me, well, here's what worked for me, and this. And, so it yeah. went as far as it needed to. And, and, and it completed. You know, and the relationship doesn't have to last forever. Mm-hmm. And, again, warning here, do not, under any circumstance, have a McAllen 18. Because it's going to be tough to drink anything else. I'm just warning you now. Once you have that first taste of a Macallan 18 or a Macallan 25, you're going to think to yourself, why am I drinking anything else? <laughs> no, but again, I'm biased. So <laughs> He is biased. I, having been to Scotland, they um, they have a perception of Macallan. It's hard to put your finger on, but it's very, yeah, it's solid. Well, and it's solid. And I've already did a taste test with another uh, one of the bottles that uh, Lisa brought back from Scotland that was to design, and we spoke about this on one of the previous episodes for Lanolachi Twenty Five. Correct, and that was delicious. I mean, that, I, I agree. It, it, if you taste it, you're like, oh my god, and then you're like, okay, how do I? <laughs> my goal is to get a bottle. Of this how do I get a bottle? Right. So, and then with so back to the mentor mentee. You know, from my perspective. You know, I'm, I'm, we're in a, you're in a profession, and you have to give back. And you're, you, in essence, I'm a team player. So, in the, I, I do, like I said, I do a lot of criminal defense. Well, and, I'm going to interrupt you for a sure. second. That is exactly the starting point because not everybody does have a mentor. Not everybody has a mentee, and I think the starting point is just realizing, you know hey, I need help, and being willing to say that and being open to the process. Not everybody is. And, you know, that works for some people. Other people do need a mentor, and they don't have one. Maybe they should get one. But, you know, it doesn't have to last forever. But be open to it. 
Yeah, and the hardest thing you'll ever do in life, hardest thing by far, uh, man, woman, child, the hardest thing you will ever do in life is look at another person and say, I need help. And it's also one of the most important things you can ever do. Once you get over that, then life is so much easier. It really is. It, it just way easier. And and so my attitude is, you know, I'm a team player, and you know, I do, like I said, I do a lot of criminal defense, and the rules are what the rules are, and we're just talking about experiences and whatnot. And I'm in the courtroom just about every single day, and you get to know people very quickly, and you, you get to have an attitude. Uh, and you get to have an attitude with prosecutors and judges and whatnot, not necessarily that you're on the same team, but they understand what role you're playing and right. how you're playing the role. And I do have, for lack of a better term, a panache and uh, a little personality. <laughs> and it You have a big personality. <laughs> and I get to be me because I know I know what I'm doing. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you're like, oh, here, here he comes. You know what I mean? I like that at least I, you know, I do know what I'm doing. And... So with Lisa, so the key is for the mentor, from the mentor's perspective is if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I need help, and you're like, okay, I can't help you, but I know somebody who can. Mm -hmm. That's another big thing, too, because even if the first person you ask is like, listen, I don't know, and again, this will go back to, yes, I want a mentor, yes, this is what I want the mentor to do, and mm -hmm. this is what my goal for mentorship is, because you might have a goal, you want to learn topics, you want to learn how the, the company works. You want to learn what institutional knowledge does this person have that I need. Um, the ins and outs. Like the uh, it, like if you play golf, uh, you know, this course, this guy plays this course all the time. So he knows exactly how this course is going to play. Mm -hmm. And here's the, you know what I mean? So you have that knowledge. You, if you've never played that course, you're like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, okay, here's what you're going to want to do. Right. And you got to be able to say, okay, it, 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 there's two things. One, you have to be able to phrase it in such a way to say, hey, Listen, dummy, this is what you need to do, but you can't really be like, listen, dummy, this is what you need to do. <laughs> you, because you're being, you're being polite, you're being helpful, and being professional. Now, I don't receive any credit, uh, formally for any help that I've given my mentees, and nor have I asked for it. Uh, I think we, we trade lunches, I think is how, yeah. how that works. But, uh, um, so find somebody that you, the first thing is the, yes, I need a mentor. And second, okay, where, where do I want to go? And what am I having trouble with? Where in this profession am I having trouble with it? Am I having trouble with time management? Okay. Well, there's this person that I know in my profession that is really good at time management. Let me go talk to him. All right. That's a big deal. This, this person does a really good job here, or in this corporation, this person does a really good job selling product. Right. How are they selling more product than I am? Sure. Is and it, that's, that's what I wanted to add is that no one person knows every single thing. So it's fine and perfectly acceptable and maybe even expected. Have more than one mentor. Go Absolutely. to several different sources. And in fact, maybe your mentor gives you advice and you're like, no, that will not work for me. I'm sure that works for them. There's been several things that Wes has said to me. He's like, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Wes can do that. I don't have the same personality as Wes. I cannot do that. It will not work for me. He's laughing right now. There's but, a little bit of that. I, I mean, mean it, it's true. Little, I, a little bit of that. I cannot walk into court and just tell the prosecutor exactly what they're going to do. This I is what's going to happen. <laughs> Wes absolutely can't. She's witnessed that. <laughs> and I have seen that. And so, you know, you have to know yourself. You have to know what you expect from the mentor-mentee relationship. 
you also have to know, can I use this advice? Does this actually work for me? Does this ring true? And if it doesn't, at least assess that and know that and find somebody that their personality does match yours a little bit more in that particular aspect. And you can suss that out pretty quick in any profession or trade that you're in. And the key will be to find out uh, where the help is needed. Uh, you know, Lisa had an interest in criminal law. And I said, okay, let's try a case. You know, that's how you learn is you try a case. You know, and she had a case and I, she's like, it's going to trial. <laughs> What's going to happen? Okay. <laughs> what, what do we do here? And Lisa has never been through a trial. Okay. Trials are a big deal. They take, you know, this is a, this is a huge I mean, project. That's not entirely true. I have been through a trial with one of my other mentors. And I've seen the process. I have not necessarily experienced it all on my own with it on my back. She was, so you said, so she sat second chair, which means she rode shotgun. Um, And, uh, you know, I've had other attorneys that will sit shotgun for me. And my uh, role is, I mean, even I I had another mentee that sat second chair for me on a murder case. And that was one of her first cases. Mm -hmm. That That was the first case she's ever taken to trial. You know, and that's a huge case. I mean, it took a week and a half. Sure. And it took nine months of our lives. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time. And so you've got to work well with others. I mean, that's a big deal. You've got to know your mentee and say, okay, they're having a bad day, so this is not going to work today. Okay, right. no big deal. And it's from that position of, okay. And the other thing is, it's because you get to know the person, uh, at least in the legal context, our, our biggest asset is our law license. You know, the law license that we possess is worth its weight in gold. It is the golden ticket from Willie and the Wonka factory. You have got it. I really, truly did feel that way the second that I found out I passed the bar. You, it is the golden ticket. And so because you've spent time, effort, and energy, and you have this golden ticket that permits you to do things that are heretofore seen unthinkable. And you are able to be in positions of people's lives that are so intricate, so intimate, and in such a a big deal that it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And so because you spent all this time, and again, this applies to anything, I mean, even a college degree or whatever profession you're in, you've spent all this time trying to get this golden ticket, and you don't want to lose it. And so that's very, very important. So when... uh, you know, when Lisa and I have conversations and whatnot, and they're sanitized because, you know, obviously we're not in a partnership. We're following the rules of professional conduct and they're all ever present. Um, The big deal is that you want to make sure that it's also a holistic mentorship because, uh, and this is where you may have, like Lisa said, a couple of mentors. Okay. Here, here's what I want to improve my, in my personal life. Like for instance, if you want to lose weight, you need a coach or a fitness coach. So if that's one of your personal goals, you could have a mentor that will help you or work out or do that kind of thing. Whereas if you've got a professional mentor, you're like, listen, I want to be in five years. I want to be vice president of whatever. I want to be a journeyman electrician. I want to own my own plumbing shop. I want to, you know what I mean? You've got a goal. So you'll be like, okay, I know a guy who owns the shop. Mm -hmm. I know the vice president. And it, just by going up to him and said, hi, my name is Wes. I'd right. like to learn. <laughs> it's that easy. Right. It is really and truly that easy. Well, and for lawyers specifically, um, 
we are expected, and the same is true for many professions, we are expected to be the experts in the room. When I had my criminal trial, yes, I had not taken a case all the way to trial with my name at the top of that as the attorney of record. Meaning she is on the hook. for everything I'm on the hook. It goes right or wrong in this. My client her. is looking to me to be the expert in the room and solve problems for him. And I knew I don't know enough to be able to help him to the fullest of my ability. I am required to represent him zealously and competently. I need help with this. And that's why I went to mess. I, to Wes, I almost see it as a, um, ethical duty to seek out that help if I don't know something as well as somebody else. Get the help that I need with it. And I've given the same advice to my law clerk. I remember a situation. He has a habit of apologizing for everything. Quirk, one might say. A quirk. It definitely is a quirk. And it will be the smallest, tiniest things. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't do this. And it's like, I didn't expect you to do this. I expect someone who's been in practice for 10 years to do that. I don't expect a law clerk to do that. You don't need to apologize. And I finally told him one day, you have to stop apologizing. And he said, sorry, I can't help it. (laughs) And I'm like, see, you just did it again. Here's the thing. Your clients expect you to be the expert in the room. And he said, I'm never the expert in the room. And I said, if you're getting a law degree, someday you will be. And your clients expect you this of you. So it's time to start being that expert in the room. When you approach me with something, I need you to have the confidence of you put your best effort into this. It may not be right. We may have to make some corrections. I don't hold those against you. But I need you to have the confidence that you did your very best with it. And that's very important. I mean, and so how I started... When I got my law license, I uh, I knew that I was going to be on my own, and I knew that this was what's going to happen. So I had that goal, and so I aligned myself with a couple of mentors, and I got my law license. And within a month, I was sitting second chair in a felony uh, jury trial. Uh, within uh, another six months, I had my own felony jury trial, and I had co-counsel for that. And I and later that year, I had my own jury trial just on my own. So in the course of eighteen months, I had three jury trials. Now. Most of the people that I talk to that are in my peer group haven't had three jury trials ever. Uh, so, I mean, I got, I hit the ground running because I, I mean, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so when I started, I, and, and the other thing is you've got to work for free. And that's another thing is that this goes into your mentor mentee relationship is that you're, you're spending your time and you're not earning per se, but you are learning. And that's very, very important because uh, you know, you could run into some trouble, uh, depending on others. But, um, I would, in a, uh, well, the way I learned is I would hold, I would literally show up and I would walk around and I'll never, and I can tell the story real quick because I'm, I'm halfway through my H Upman here. Very smooth. Uh, very, I would recommend it. Uh, a couple of, uh, toasty notes, I'm going to say. Uh, not smoky, um, but it, it's getting there. Uh, just given the humidification factors. And like I said, the McAllen 18 never, never disappoints. So uh, one of the stories from my mentor who I saw today, 
uh, reminded me, it always reminds me, <laughs> was that uh, in, in a criminal context, you arraign a client. That's the first, in a felony case, the way the process works, and it, it just, the, the way the process works, you're, you are an arraignment. And there's a certain spiel or script, if you will, mm-hmm. that you have to use for an arraignment because there's certain various things that you have to say, and you have to say them for everybody. And I didn't know those. And so I showed up to my first ever arraignment with my uh, mentor, and the magistrate, uh, who we had the arraignment in front of, thought I was the client. Oh, no. <laughs> thought I was the criminal, oh, the, the accused, uh, the accused person, the criminal defendant. And it was uh, it was funny because it was a big laugh in the room, and everybody remembers that. I still remember, the magistrate still remembers that. It's just one of those human uh, endearing situations that everybody remembers now. You know, if you're embarrassed by it, that might cause you some social anxiety, but it's part of learning because you're not, <laughs> you're not perfect. So I'm not a hundred percent sure that Wes is embe- embarrassed by anything <laughs> ever at any point. So that really helps. And to this day, we, I mean, and this magistrate, I later, uh, I had my first, she, I gave her her first civil jury trial and, you know, we had a laugh about that too, because it's just one of those personal things that it's just the way the system works, at least in the legal context. Uh, you know, in, in a business world context, you're always going to have somebody that is going to be selling more than you, mm-hmm. or you're going to have somebody that's succeeding more, more than you, and you're going to be like, ah, you know, or even even as a car salesman, you're like, listen, I only sold one car this month. I need to sell three more. So how are you making those closings or everything else like that in a sales concept? You know, if you're a carpenter or electrician, are you going to do everything perfectly the first time? Absolutely not. But the more that you do it, the more that somebody's over your shoulder saying, okay, Lisa, I think here's, if you try this process, right. this might help you more. And you, you try it, it's going to be different because it may not be how you learned it. And then you're going to do it. And you're like, okay, this makes sense. This works. You know, you talked about the car sales. It reminds me of when I bought my most recent car. Um, we've talked in previous episodes about a lot of the process of making yourself better is just show up. The guy that I bought my car from, he showed up. I was there as a single woman. I don't know how many of you relate to this, but... How much car knowledge do you have? I mean, is that... Are you <laughs> Next to zero. I think you put the gas in here. Right. Other than gas and oil, it is, you start the car, right? Oh, the oil somebody else does. So, you know, I went in looking for a specific car. I walk in the dealership, and he, not immediately, not in that creepy car salesman way of just hovering over you. What's it going to take to put you in this car yeah, today? Yeah, it was not like that. <laughs> he came and greeted me. He was like, how can I help you today? I have been to car dealerships before and wandered around a solid 10 minutes and nobody came out to say a word to me. I left. They did not get the car sale. They would have. I was ready to buy right then. They did not get the car sale because nobody would come out and help me. They just assumed, mm, her husband's at home or at work. She doesn't know what she's doing. Wait until the decision maker gets here. They didn't Maybe realize, the decision right. maker right. is here and I'm ready. Talk me into it. Let me know what I need to know here. And I went in looking for a very specific car. They didn't have it anymore. It had sold. But one of the other employees said, Hey, Dave, check this out. 
try this one. He loaded it up and it was exactly what I was looking for. Right price. It was less than I intended to spend on the other car even. And I checked it out. He took me on a test drive. I learned all of the different features. He walked through every single feature with me, making sure that I understood every single thing about that car before I left the lot. And he told me afterwards, by the way, you broke my record today. I had previously sold, I think it was, let's say 15 cars. That was the most he had ever sold in one month. I was number 16 for that month. So, you know, just by showing up, just by being responsive and listening to other coworkers. I mean, that's an act of mentorship right there. Hey, try this out. It's not benefiting the other guy. He's not making the sale. He's not getting the commission. But it makes their dealership look good. And am I going to go back there when I need another car? Yeah, probably. All the time. They treat me right. And they treat me like I want to be treated. Not talking down to me. Not condescending. Not using words that I don't understand. Just hitting me right where I need to be with that level of understanding. And that's very much the mentor-mentee relationship. Where are you? What do you need to know? How can I help you? Right, and that's very, very important. I mean, and I'm my Nicaraguan E. Chapman. I'm in the uh, coming up on the halfway mark. Still good. It's a dark wrapper. Monte Cristo is just lovely. Again, it's really dark. It's got some kind of wood. I'm still trying to put my finger on it. And my Woodford. Mm, I like bourbon. I love scotch, but I like bourbon. I like bourbon. And that's the answer right there. And that's (laughs) the answer right there. Uh, And so with the mentor-mentee relationship, you've got to make sure that, again, what are your goals for the relationship? And how do you want to craft the relationship? Um, And it also is a holistic kind of uh, engagement here. Because uh, it's not only your, at least in the legal context, because so much happens. I've had a mentee who went through a divorce. And that's a big deal. I mean, that's a huge deal. I mean, a divorce is a large life event, and it's always uh, caustic, and it creates these emotions. And if you have a law license, doubly so, because sure. you're you're pressed in so many different directions. And again, you have a golden ticket. And this golden ticket lets you earn. And if you can't sure. earn, what's the point? And so, sure, you're going through this situation you're not the first lawyer that's ever gotten divorced. You're not the last lawyer that's ever gotten divorced. And you've got to go through the situation and then still maintain everything for your clients. And you've also got to recognize what's going on in your life. I don't know if Wes even knows this, but when I met him, I was going through a divorce. To a certain extent, you have to put that aside and focus on what's important. I knew that that was ending, that was in the past, and I need to move forward. The way how I'm going to do that is my law license and try and better myself professionally. This is a goal that I have wanted since I was very, very small. And so it certainly predated the husband, and I knew I was going to be there after. So it was important to me. And that's, you know, and recognizing what's going on in your life, too. I mean, you could have a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. You could have a parent that's aging or, you know, might have a, a serious, men, um, either mental or 
physical condition that requires a lot of time and upkeep. Sure. I mean, you life. I mean, you have life because part of the mentoring process and the mentee process is that what, how how do I take what I'm doing in my professional world or my job, mm-hmm. and then how do I deal with my personal life without burning everything to the ground? I mean, because it's sure. it's very very important, and so. That's why it's a unique experience. That's why it's a volunteer experience because you've got to have that relationship where you can say, listen, I had a bad day. I had a really bad day and uh, I'm making sure that I didn't muck this up. I didn't do this wrong or anything else like that and I'm just not there. And so you're like, okay, well, let's get you there. Or, you know, again, when um, I have children and so when uh, my children were born, uh, you know, that's a huge life event. And so I communicated that to the courts, all the courts that I practiced in. And I think I've told this story before, but I've fallen asleep in court before. And <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, and because everybody knew it, this is a bad, I mean, so in a criminal call day, at least here in uh, Summit County, everybody's there at once and you wait your turn. It's a long day or a long morning or afternoon, depending on it. And my girls, I have identical twins, and my girls were uh, within a couple of weeks old. So I'm a new dad, and this judge had a notorious rule that you couldn't have coffee. Now, she had coffee to drink for her, mm-hmm. but you, you, you didn't have coffee. So I was sitting in the jury box uh, while we were doing the call day. So, you, you know, this is when all the cases that day are called. And I was talking to another lawyer in the call. They were congratulating me. I was saying, saying thank you. Sure. And I put my head back. I took a deep breath. And, I, and, and there was no more. And then I picked my head back up and I looked at the lawyer next to me. I'm like, oh, I fell asleep. <laughs> and uh, the attorney next to me goes, yeah. And I go, and my first question was, did I snore? <laughs> did I snore? And the attorney, she was sitting next to me. She's like, uh, no, you didn't. But it, uh, the judge did. This. And so I came to, and I'm, you, you know how you wake up, you come to, and you're new parents, so you got a lot of stuff going on, so you're not getting a lot of sleep or everything else like that, you know, and you're looking around, and uh, the judge made eye contact with me, and she was like, oh, Wes, so nice of you to rejoin us, and I, yeah. you know, and I raised my head, I'm like, yeah, okay, I did that, uh, you know, because I have to acknowledge what happened, because right. that's what it is, and I said, judge, you know, I know you got a rule about not ha- having coffee, so... I'm going to go get a cup of coffee and bring it in, you know, if there's a fine or something, just, you know, let me know. Uh, and she was like, no, no, This no. is how Wes's personality differs from mine. I would never do it. I'd just be humiliated right. and do without the coffee. And Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I need a cup of coffee. <laughs> and, you know, there was a, there's a Starbucks that's catty-cornered in the uh, courthouse. So I was like, I, I'm going to walk across the street to get a, a cup of coffee. And then, I, you know. And I said, Judge, I know you got a rule about that, but I'm going to bring back a cup of coffee. I said, do, I, do you want one? <laughs> and she, you know, she chuckled. She's like, oh, you're not going to get called for a while. She's like, no, thanks for the coffee. And she's like, it's okay if you have a cup of coffee. That's no big deal. We all know that you just had kids and everything else like that. So it was one of those human experiences because, yeah. you know, having children is a big deal from, from everybody's perspective. And, uh, you know, so I went and got a cup of coffee and came back. And one of the other attorneys was just like, yeah. Uh, you're the only guy I know that can fall asleep in court and get a cup of coffee. Everybody's like, eh, no big right. deal. No big deal. <laughs> you know, and, and so the, the, but for the context that we're talking about, that, that also goes to the communication. So the other thing is lawyers can communicate and you can communicate too. 
don't be shy about what's going on in your life. I mean, oh sure, having a uh, pregnant uh, spouse or partner that's a big deal. Sure. That is a huge deal. So it and you want to share it because you're proud of it and everything else like that. And you, you know, obviously, there's a lot of things that go into having children. So if everybody knows about that, then they understand that if you show up during this period of time or much like I had, is I had a contingency plan. So I, I knew sure. the due date, and I had a plan where I had two or three lawyers who were going to cover my hearings mm-hmm. because I knew, because the, the way the twins were born, I knew that it was that day. Mm-hmm. It was it was the, going to be a C-section. It was going to be that day. And so if I got the call, I got to go. Yeah. Uh, you got to go. I'm a fireman. There's a fire. I got to go. Yeah. Um, so you, you had a plan. So we've talked about preparation. So you, you had a plan of what's going to happen next and everything else like that. And uh, you just execute. the. All I did was execute the plan. I mean, communication is key. God forbid that I ever have any more children. Please, Lord, no. But I, most women wait until they're after the first three months. There's no... There's not a significant chance of miscarriage. They wait to tell somebody. For me, I have had two children, and I have miserable, hellish pregnancies. I am sick the entire pregnancy, just nonstop vomiting. It's not pretty. It's not fun. I know that I would have to tell the judge immediately as soon as I got pregnant, because I'm going to be leaving the courtroom at any given time. That's just the way it is. And it goes into the communication. You have to tell people what's going on with you. You really have to tell your mentor or mentee what's going on with you, because that communication, you're looking to someone for help, and you're looking to them, especially as a mentor, to, I got this sticky situation get me out of the sticky situation well they gotta know all of the surrounding facts i've got clients that they have sticky situations don't hide things from me i'm the only one that can get you out of the sticky situation give me all of the facts let me work with the facts and see what we can arrange specifically the kind of law that i practice the stickier the situation the better It actually helps my clients to be in a sticky situation. Um, I do a lot of collections law, and the opposing counsel always asks for, it's called hardship information. You can't pay your credit card. Why not? Oh, you've got tons of medical bills. Your spouse got seriously injured, and they will never work again, or unfortunately they died. Yeah, you're... Household income just dropped by at least half. You know, okay, that's a good reason why you can't pay your credit cards. We get that. And I've seen deals worked out where, you know, if it's just, mm, it's a lot of money. I didn't realize I was spending that much money. Tough. So what? You signed up for it. But, you know, that sort of changes the calculus a lot if you've got, medical bills and the income dropped and that sort of thing and communication is just absolutely key yes and and that's part of the mentor-mentee relationship that you really want to have and you want to have that level of communication where 
you can call them or him or her, and you can just be like, and this goes again to any trade or job, you know, especially with a pregnancy or having children. That's a big deal. I gotta mm-hmm. go. I gotta go, and everybody yep. knows that. Uh, and, and then if you've got a, especially if you've got an important meeting coming up or you're working on a project or, yeah. you know, you're in construction for that matter, I gotta go. You, yeah. I, I gotta go. You know, and, and that communication is very, very important and learning how to communicate that from your mentor. And because by and large, most people want to help and, and that's yeah. okay. And, and by not necessarily taking advantage of that, but using that to say, okay, I want to be at this place in my career sure. or my profession or my trade, and this is the person that can help me get there. And it, that's really the first hard part is, A, you got to say, I need help. I mean, yeah. you got to say you need help. Second, you got to realize you need help. And then you got to figure out who that is that's going to help you. And then the, the hardest part after you get all that done is, hey, would you help me? I mean, that's another big right. question that uh, it's tough to ask. Uh, is to ask for that help. And, you know, again, I would suggest uh, finding those people. Again, we've talked about the support group and everything else mm-hmm. like that in, in your life. But the, at least with the mentor-mentee relationship, do it. I, I would encourage everybody to do it, no matter what your profession is. Uh, seek those people out and make sure that you're in a position where you are, you can and do help. Right. And, and when you're in a position where you can give back, then you want to be the mentor, and then you want to mentee somebody. Then right. definitely do that. I mean, I have I've had great mentors, and that's part of the reason that I like to mentor because I had a great experience. I mean, if it's a terrible experience, uh, Lisa would have told me to pound salt, and that would have been that. I would not have gone to him again for advice. I might have smoked cigars, or I might have just stayed at home and smoked on my own. I'm smoking cigars. I mean, that's out of that's just given. a given. Just a given. So that's, I mean, so when, you, when you're thinking about that, uh, as far as that uh, seeking out that mentor or trying to get a mentee, and again, if you're in a company, you're, there should be programs, your HR person or your supervisor mm-hmm. should be able to tell you that, um, and talk to the higher-ups. I mean, you know, everybody's got a coffee pot, uh, you know, the scuttlebutt in the office and the water cooler, and just say, hey, listen, you know, who I've got this issue, yeah. I'm trying to resolve this issue, how do we do that? And you'd be surprised at the results. I mean, that's really the big deal. I mean, and again, just using uh, the legal context because that's, you know, where we are right now. That's our area of familiarity. You know, it, it, the, the key is as long as you're communicating with everybody, life is easy. Life yeah. is easy and the ship floats and sails wonderfully. I mean, the results may be terrible, but the communication is there. And you sure. can't change the results um, sometimes. And... You know, at least being alert, you've got a, you. Some days you have great days. You have great days, and there's other days where you're like, "This is terrible." Well, and I was going to say, and this ties in perfectly, beautifully, right there, is that one of my mentors. Um, he's constantly asking. I've heard him ask it in class. I went and spoke at the law school not too long ago, just as Wes did for a bunch of other attorneys such as myself. And one of the things he asked me in front of the class is, are you happy? I mean, like that was the big overriding question. And he asked me again recently when we met, are you happy? Are you enjoying what you're doing? Happiness overrides a lot of the other stuff. And I mean, for lawyers, for any profession, it's too easy to not be happy and 
you know, you've got to be okay with what you're doing. The way how I would tie it into the mentor-mentee relationship is that if you know you're doing a good job, if you've got someone that has your back and they can show you this is the way it's going to go, this is what you can expect, then you're going to be much happier with what you're doing as opposed to you don't know what you're doing, you're just making it up as you go along and it's an uncomfortable situation you're not going to be happy. You're going to be struggling and not finding the success that you want. So, and the you know, stress involved too. Yeah, the stress involved too. So, yeah, I mean, and, and to put a button on it, again, I would encourage everybody to get a, uh, a mentor or have a mentee, depending on where you are and what stage you're in. Oh. Yeah, it definitely. It never. You're never too old and you're never too young to have these kinds of mm-hmm. things. So definitely do that. Now, Lisa, give me before we end it, give me one good thing. One good thing. I'm taking the easy way route out. So the one good thing is I have had some great experiences with mentoring and menteeing. So I, you know, that I'm, I'm and that's, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. So like I said, that's why we're a big proponents of it. Um, my good thing, it's beautiful weather. I'm enjoying a wonderful bourbon and a nice cigar. And I just, I don't know how life gets any better than this. Uh, This is kind of, what I always wanted. So I'm good. I got that happiness. Thank you again for listening to the fire things. I am Wes and that is Lisa. We are podcasting from the members only lounge here at the cigar lodge in beautiful Akron, Ohio. Again, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, Stitcher, uh, iTunes. And again, we thank you for rating, reviewing and sharing with a friend. Mm -hmm. If you want to keep supporting us, we certainly do appreciate it. Our Patreon account is uh, patreon.com slash finer things, all one word, and then you'll be able to give us that information. Let us know uh, if you have any other questions in the meantime. Again, thank you so much, and enjoy the finer things. Bye, guys.